Welcome to the Global Connection, a Tel Aviv University podcast. Journey with us as we discover how TAU's academic community and friends are engaging with and helping to shape this ever-changing world. Today I'm welcoming in the studio Sharon Frankel, who is the CEO of Tel Aviv University Canada, an organization that represents Tau to all of our fellow Canadians out there. I also happen to know Shagun personally, given we both come from Montreal, and I'm excited to have a conversation with him about the Canadian-Israel relationships, his experience of being Jewish in Montreal right now, and his thoughts on campus, a Jewish life, and life for students these days. So welcome, Shagun. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. So I thought I'd start off by asking, what brings you to Tel Aviv today? What brings you to Israel? So uh, two reasons. Um, uh, we just had our annual... Uh, strategic planning meeting with all the associations, the Friends Association of Tel Aviv University around the world. So I'm actually one of two CEOs in Canada. I'm responsible for uh, Ottawa, Quebec and Atlantic Canada. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we look at uh, the past year, we look ahead, um, how things have changed. Um, we do that every year, but uh, the, this year was uh, definitely um, different. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, yeah, we're bringing all forces together to support our students, our faculty, our staff, uh, the university as a whole. And I understand you're here with a group of people as well outside of some of the TAU work. Correct. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, there's uh, currently um, a mission going on, um, a group of, uh, of Montreal uh, uh, supporters that, um, you know, it was important to them to be here during this time. It's a solidarity mission, a volunteer mission. Um, and um, I partnered up with, uh, or JNF partnered up with us, and giving us an opportunity to um, uh, show them and and and, and basically um, showcase uh, what Tel Aviv University has done um, since October the seventh, and we're going to come on campus, and uh, the university has provided speakers uh, for that mission, and uh, I very much look forward to that opportunity as well. I'm going to get back to some of the things that. Tao is doing and your organization is doing to support but you know I know you've been to Israel plenty of times this is your second home or your home if you would call it that what's your experience been so far while you've been here since October 7th what, what are you feeling what's the experience been like so um, to be honest I wanted to be here since uh, October the 8th and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here today um, or during this uh, these past days um, it's definitely different. Um, I did not know what to expect. Um, as you said, I am daily connected uh, to Israel uh, from Canada, whether it's uh, professionally or on a personal level. And um, I've uh, been involved and heard and seen uh, different things. Um, it is not easy to be here, but I think it was, um, or it is, um, very important to be here. It is important for me to be here personally, um, and to, um, to experience and, uh, to bear witness of, of what had hap- what has happened since October the 7th. Um, but I also feel, which is actually, uh, very stunning is that, um, it is important for the Israelis that we are here. Mm-hmm. And um, I see and I feel uh, how much Israelis appreciate uh, uh, our visits uh, during this time, like the mission, for example, and people coming. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not just for Jews, but primarily Jews, October 7th has been a big game changer. What was your experience on October 7th? Where were you? How did you start you know, getting information about what was happening? 
Could you still tell me about your October 7th? So, um, I woke up during the night. I, um, I usually do not have my phone necessarily uh, um, on the bedside or, or, or on over Shabbat. Um, but the phone did not stop. And it was like in, in subconsciously, you know, the, it was vibrating and vibrating the whole time. And when we finally woke up and got ready for synagogue, I saw that my phone was just lighting up. And, um, and I looked at the phone and I, I read what I read and mm-hmm. that Israel was at war. And um, it, was, uh, it was definitely not an easy day. Um, went to synagogue. Um, everybody was talking about it. And, um, and then we learned. And then especially, you know, Motzei Shabbat was, uh, was tough. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine, especially being so far away, you feel in some sense it's probably helpless, uh, relying on the news. And you have family in Israel? Um, my wife has direct family here. Um, I have extended family, very close friends uh, from my time that I that I lived in Israel before moving back to, um, before moving to Canada, and um, we've had um, we've had very sad stories. Um, we had miracle stories. Um, son of very close friends of mine survived the festival wow. by uh, pure um, determination. He was one of the first in his car and out. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've been I've been really involved um, from far on a regular basis and, and felt very close. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not from not just on a private side and personal side, but also through work and the work we do for the university. And you know we're both pretty uh, connected to our Montreal Jewish community. What's what's your feeling? What's changed in the community at home? And I say at home for those listening. I'm from Montreal. Um, what's changed? What's what's been the sentiment since October seventh? So I don't think that I would have thought that I could say that because I really believe that we live in a very special community. I've had the um, the privilege to experience different Jewish communities around the world, having grown up in, and and lived in different countries. Uh, Montreal is very special. Um, you know that we're very tight knit. Um, uh, and we step up when we have to. Um, but what I've experienced since o- October the 7th has been, um, has been impeccable, like uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the community, um, federation, um, uh, individuals uh, within the community. Um, I was privileged enough to put an event together um, to help the university's emergency fund within just a couple of days that was very successful. People really, really uh, stepped up, and um, and I think that was, um, and it still is very, very impressive. Now, not just because of um, what's going on in Israel, but um, as you know, we had a couple of incidences in Montreal and in Canada. So, I think all of that brought us very, very uh, much uh, closer, even mm-hmm. closer than we were already. Uh, talk about incidences. We, you know, we even saw it here in Israel in the news about the shooting at Yeshiva Gadolo. For those listening, it's a high school, it's a school, a Jewish school in Montreal. Um, how are people coping with these kind of incidences, these kind of hate crimes? So, actually, Yeshiva Gadolo was shot at twice. Um, then we had another shooting uh, at another school. Thank God, all incidences were during the night and while the schools were were empty. Um, we had uh, we had two fire bombings in the synagogue and uh, the Federation uh, West Island uh, uh, chapter uh, building. 
um, and uh, how are we coping? It's um, it brought everything um, even closer to home. Um, I moved to Canada 25 years ago. I was just telling the story today to uh, to one of our professors um, who also thought that, you know, Canada is like the safe haven and if, God forbid, ever something happens in the world, Canada would be a country to go to. Um, 25 years ago, you know, um, uh, having grown up in Germany and then having been here in Israel in between uh, seeing people on uh, the high holidays in Côte Saint-Luc walking around with uh, Talitot on the street, you, you, you thought like you're in Jerusalem. Um, unfortunately, today we have people taking off their mezuzot and uh, walking around, uh, you know, without keepers anymore. Um, it's uh, it's 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 tough. It mm -hmm. definitely changed our our city as well. And how do you think that Canada can be a better ally to Israel? I think that. Um, the government has to put their money where their mouth is, and uh, and um, you know, either you're with us or you're not. But mm -hmm. you can't play on on both sides of the field. Mm -hmm. And um, p uh, many people are not happy right now. Are you seeing, given your um, relationship with the university here, are you seeing students wanting to come to Israel more now because of this the lack of safety they're feeling on their own campuses at home? Um, Yes and no. So obviously the, the, the school year was postponed until December 31st and um, as you know and you're one of the international students, some students were here and then left or um, stayed. Um, now that we reopened, um, I do have a little bit more of increased conversations. People are asking me. Um, but people are still you know unsure obviously mm -hmm. the war is still going on it's not like the war is over and now there's going to be an increase you know of interest of uh, people wanting to uh, to come and study in israel or make aliyah but um yes so i think like i said before these missions that are going on um they're very important and and i feel that interest of people uh that that want to be here and that want to come here and yes, I think that the that the situations in in uh, campuses around the world, um, as difficult and sad they are, they might have a a positive mm -hmm. um, effect on our international students and and bringing them to Israel. There's a there's a weird paradox. So as you know, I've been here since September prior to the war, and there's something about leaving that feels way more uncertain and uncomfortable than actually going back to as you said a place that would was always considered a safe haven like canada and i haven't left i've been here the sentiment that you're getting from people who are coming you know on these missions and people that you've talking to talking to and uh, you know family friends whatever it may be what what are what are they feeling when they come here is it a sigh of relief is it wow it feels different than what we've been seeing online um because there's obviously a lot of misinformation going on and if you're not here you only see one thing um what well, what are some of the some of the conversations you're having once people are arriving to israel on these solidarity missions so first of all and i would say yourself, by the way. yeah so first of all i would say people that are educated and that they really know what's really going on um i uh, i hope they don't see just one side of the story and they do understand the um the overall and the global picture and and mm -hmm where why this happened 
um, who did it and what is the current situation. Um, people that are coming to Israel, I think they might feel similarly than what I do is that um, we felt very um, helpless being so far away. And I've uh, and I know that you met a couple of individuals uh, from Montreal and and you interviewed them, and people just they, they just want to be here. We want to mm -hmm. be together. Um, it speaks for us as the Jewish people, you know, uh, being together and 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 showing chesed and 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 achdut and being together and going through this together. Um, you know, you're not alone is not just a sentence. It's something that is. Is really being put put in action when when we're here, and um, what is so really mind-boggling to me is that um, you were mentioning um, you know what's going on in Canada and an anti-Semitic attack. This country here is at war, and we're getting phone calls and emails in Canada. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Because they heard of the firebombing at the synagogue or the shooting at one of the schools. And they're telling us, thank you for coming here. Um, not, I don't want to say they don't understand what they're doing for us, mm -hmm. um, not just for this country, but for us as, as Jews in the diaspora. Um, this is our country, and by our, I mean our Jewish state and uh, and every single young boy, girl, woman, man uh, and older that are currently uh, enrolled um, are doing duty not just to this country but to, to global Jewry. That mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, it is, it's very interesting. I felt that there was a good period of time where I was consoling people while I was sitting here in Tel Aviv, I was consoling people back at home um, you know, there's one particular conversation I had with uh, quite a prominent lawyer in Montreal, and we were on FaceTime, and he started tearing up, and, and, and I said to him, I said, Mr. XYZ, why are you crying? And he goes, my family, you, they're, they're, they're trying to kill us, and I can't, I can't deal with it. And I said, do you understand? I, I just left the beach. I, like, I, I'm walking on the street. Like, I had a shawarma. Yes, there's, there's sirens going on, and yes, there's, there's chaos, but the people here somehow find a way to live. You have to find a way to live, too, and stand up in Montreal and be, be that voice. So it's, there, there's a weird paradox, as I was saying, between what's happening here, the reality on the ground, and then the information that's getting back to Canada and how both Jews in Israel and outside of Israel are dealing with the war and dealing with what's going on. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I met on my um, my first morning after uh, after I landed. Um, I didn't know. Um, a friend of mine uh, took me for shacharit prayers to um, to a shiva house of a fallen soldier. A friend of his lost his son, and then he introduced me to the father. And um, again, you know, he thanked me. Um, and he kind of blessed me and said, you know, you should in your next week or 10 days here on the ground, you should, you should see this war end. And, um, what is the, the craziest story about it is actually, which neither he knew who I was uh, an hour earlier and nor did I know who he was is, uh, his son was, um, accepted to Tel Aviv university and was supposed to start, um, in a few weeks wow. and he was supposed to be released from the IDF. And um, that made it, again, in, in a split second, it brought it so much closer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, 
it's unbelievable stories, you know. The sh- the shivas here are, are something else. You know, we, we think we think the shivas at, at home are, are something. I, I went to, I'm sure you heard of Daniel Weiss. Both of his parents, his, his father uh, was killed and his mother's body was found about 10 days or actually the day after he finished sitting shiva for uh, his father and uh, Cantor Boaz Davidoff from Montreal. His, his daughter brought me to the shiva, his friends with the son, Daniel, and it was the exact same thing. You know, I, I didn't have many words to say other than like, I wish you a long life and I'm very sorry. And you're talking about hundreds of people at, at this one house. Like I've never seen anything like it. And he looked at me and he goes, thank you so much for coming. Like, I wish you a good life, a peaceful life. And I'm thinking like, well, what you're wishing me? Like, yeah. like it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. No, it's unbelievable. So uh, during Shacharit that morning, I think there were maybe a hundred men. Kabbalah Shabbat, we went back. Um, when we arrived, we were about also about a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we left, the prayers were in front of the house. Um, I would say, and I'm not exaggerating, I would say somewhere around 500, 750, maybe even a thousand people on the street wow. in Ranana. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. An un- unbelievable experience. It's it's so interesting, and and you you could, you know, you could talk to this maybe. Um, a year ago, this country was so divided. Even when I got here in September, or when I was here in February last year, there was such division because of what was happening with the government politics and the judicial reform you could never imagine that such polar opposites come together in this time and it's because that's the way the jewish people operate and i can only imagine back at home it's no different and in every jewish community that sense of belonging do you think it's bringing people closer to zionism or judaism or both i think both Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both. Yeah. What's, uh, you know, I want to go back to some of the things that your organization is doing to support here in Israel. Um, can you share with us a little bit what uh, sure. Tel Aviv University County is doing? So, um, Tel Aviv University has uh, a number of uh, friends associations around the world. Um, I always say our our mandate starts and finishes with fundraising and um, and raising uh, financial resources for the university. Um, there's a lot, of course, in between, um, you know, relationship with alumni and uh, promoting the university, bringing speakers uh, to our uh, our countries, uh, and so on. Um, the university uh, has been. I always say, uh, many people know what's coming out of Israel, but. People don't always know what comes out of Tel Aviv University. And I still say that um, after uh, eight years with the organization. But what people really don't know is what has happened on and since October the 7th. And if the world uh, would know, and maybe after today's uh, podcast, um, within three hours, this university um, established a 24-hour, seven days a week um, hotline for um, psychological um, assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, October the 7th at 9.30 a.m., 10 o'clock, this line was up. Um, our, um, our medical school, our medical faculty and the dental school um, have been involved and in working with the government in uh, you know, identifying victims um, and, uh, and remains. The university opened up the campus right away. Um, the dormitories would which were empty because the school year was uh, canceled or postponed mm-hmm. and hosted families from, from the South uh, to the point we even relocated an entire school. We had an entire school here 
um, and uh, and many many more things. Um, we just uh, we just two weeks ago um, opened in a temporary location the uh, the new um, post trauma center. Um, the clinics. So we started treating patients in a temporary location. Uh, the building is only ready in about 18 months or so. Um, but the goal is to treat um, a thousand patients uh, uh, this year. Um, you know, on the volunteering side, um, for example, tomorrow when the mission is coming on campus, we're actually going to prepare care packages mm. um, for our uh, student soldiers um, that are still um, that are still uh, serving right now. Um, I found out this morning that you know um, uh, different resources were used for 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 um, for different purposes, and one was, for example, um, an email was sent out apparently to uh, to faculty and staff um, asking if uh, if they would be willing to um, to open their homes um, to families from the south. Wow. And I heard that within 30 minutes, 150 people said right away, yes, whatever you need for as long as you need. I have a room available or I actually own an empty apartment somewhere. And just, just I mean, this again speaks for what we just said before. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how the Jewish people come together. And um, so our financial um efforts um, to raise money for the university was to uh, immediately um, support the university's emergency fund that the university um, uh, put in place. Um, the priority um, was uh, and still is the um, RR students. Um, the university has given out a lot of money in order to ensure that the students do not have to worry for the time that when they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, free tuition, free dormitories, um, um, they lost half a semester now. There will be um, private tutoring being offered, um, helping with some living expenses. So uh, we're preparing now. Students are slowly coming back. Um, but as far as I understand, it should really happen February. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we have over 6,000 students, Tel Aviv University students, that are currently serving. And um, yeah, so our efforts is uh, our efforts are basically to support the university um, financially, and right now the focus is on um, on the students, on um, on helping and supporting them with with the effects, mm-hmm. PTSD, depression, whatever can come out of this, and um, and of course the the other work that we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting you you brought up post trauma, um, and as you know. I'm well involved with the Israel war story and you know a lot of conversations are being had right now with what's going to happen with the Israel war story when the war is done and last week in a meeting I said the war story just begins when the war is done because we have post trauma to deal with we have rebuilding of communities we have so much uh, to offer and that is its own story in itself what what are some of the programs that are going to stay active uh post this this war in order to ensure you know student success are these are these programs that you were just discussing are they temporary do you see this being a long-lasting effect because i see the post-trauma you know pretty deep it's it's going to go on for for years maybe even we're talking generational trauma Uh, yeah i think i think that um ongoing support um, is going to be very important. Mm-hmm. Um, reintegration, and I think that this assistance is 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 very important. 
Um, and, uh, and definitely it's not going to be easy. Um, there's going to be a new normal. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to go back to normal. I mean, what is normal anyway? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, we, we need to adapt. And I think that if, uh, if there's one people and one nation that knows how to adapt, um, it's us. 100%. And, uh, I think that's, um, that's actually the, the light at the end of the tunnel that we can see where we say, you know, we're, we're going to come out of this. And I know we have, I have no doubt. We will prevail. We will be, we will be good. We will be fine. Um, it's going to take time and we just need to stay focused and, and, and do it together. And, and we're, we're going to be fine. What, what are some of your recommendations to students that are coming out of high school, ending college, considering Israel, not sure, there's so much going on? What's, some, what's a piece of advice you can give to students who may be listening to the podcast? Um, take every opportunity given to you and come to Israel, visit Israel, be here. Um, I, I, I see it, I feel it again from my work side as well as my personal side. Once you're here, it says it all, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can't even describe outside of Israel what Israel is, what Israel means. And not only to Jewish people. Um, we've had a couple of non-Jewish uh, students, international students, and uh, they came back to Canada and they either joined our organization and they're sitting on our board and they become ambassadors and um, they're outspoken on social media and, uh, and they support us. And even on these missions, you know, we have not just Jewish people, we have non-Jewish people. And, uh, and I hear it. I hear it at home, how people, how much people actually appreciate Israel and, and recognize Israel for, for what she is as a country and what we are as a university specifically. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you talk about non-Jewish people. When I arrived in September, I was taken back because on the first day of school, everybody goes into the, you know, the conference room, you sit down, you start introducing yourself Hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm from Germany, not Jewish. Hi, I'm so-and-so from Ethiopia, not Jewish. And by the time we got around the table, I think we were, were about 18 people in the program, we're only four or five Jews, mm -hmm. which means you have 13 or so people who have elected to come to Israel, mm -hmm. predominantly, what do you think about Israel? Jews. And it's a very beautiful thing. And the most beautiful thing, and I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, and to me, this is the epitome of the Israel war story, is... A lot of these people left to their countries, like my roommate, not Jewish, she's from Germany, left back to Germany after October 7th, and she returned to Israel. Mm -hmm. And when I asked her, why did you, you come back? You have no family here, no connection to Israel, you're not Jewish. It felt better than hearing what I was hearing on the news. It felt right to come back. What did your family think about it? Oh, it was chaos. I would have come back earlier if I could. So it's very interesting uh, to, to, to think that they're is really a core of supporters of Jewish of non-Jewish students, excuse me, um, who are staunch on being, you know, part of the truth and part of, you know, something that is greater than them. So I'm actually going to take this to the to another level. Um, you may know, you may have heard, but we just launched at the university last year um, the Erwin Kotler Institute. It's an institute um, that deals with uh, democracy, human rights, and, just and justice issues. It's an international graduate um, elective course. Um, last year, we had 21 students in the course. This year, I think we have about 15. 
and they're all not Jewish. Wow. They all study something else at the university, and they applied uh, for this elective course, and they meet once a week on Sundays for eight hours, and they, uh, they, they um, travel the country, they learn about the history, they learn about the politics, they learn about, um, about everything, the culture, and they look at uh, democracy, human rights, and justice issues um, related, um, of course, with a focus to Israel in the Middle East, but, but also in, in, in general. And um, who would have known that this institute and this program is uh, as timely as it is today and probably has never been more important than it is, than it is today. And so um, we're taking this now to the next level and, um, and the program will be expanded. And uh, I look very much forward to uh, working um, with the university, um, with Professor Kotler, um, um, and his wife uh, Ariella uh, personally on this uh, both very much involved and um, it's going to be a very very important program why do you think uh, that there's it's only non-jews well, what's what's the significance of that like well, what's why like why so is... first of all I, I'm not sure it's necessarily um, done intentionally um, I think last year there was one Jewish student in the program Um it's like, uh, you know, preaching to the choir. No, we want, because we, what I didn't mention is that, for example, one of, the, um, one of the requirements or outcome of this course, which could be a year or two years, is that we want these students to go back to their countries as ambassadors and basically teach what they were taught mm-hmm. at the Erwin, Const- Erwin Kotler Institute, excuse me. And um, so it is very important to have these international uh, ambassadors going back. And I think that this is one of the, you know, the strong points that it attracts. It actually attracts um, more of the non-Jewish international students uh, maybe than the Jewish ones. But again, we're in our second year, okay, and, um, and we're in the situation that we're in right now. So... Um, Let's see. Let's see where this goes. Interesting yeah. to see how it unfolds. One hundred percent. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, look, well, we're we're gonna wrap up soon, but you know, I, w- I want to ask you, what is your one message to all people, Jewish, non-Jewish alike, outside of Israel in the diaspora? Don't believe everything that you hear out there. I mean, pick your sources. Mm-hmm. Pick your sources. Now, I don't know if it was meant for this current situation but um, uh, if it is then yeah pick your sources Um, be very careful what you watch what you listen to Um, and if we're talking in general the message is that um, that Israel is a very very special place Um, it's the only democratic country here in this region Um, we welcome and we host and we cater to all religions in the world no matter who you are and where you come from and um, I really think that uh, to a certain point of course the perception out there is uh, definitely the wrong one Um, but uh, you gotta come here you have to come here you have to come here you have to see it you have to feel it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, li- I like the short and sweet I might have to steal that from you pick your sources 
it's uh it hits right, right hits the hammer right on the head look Shagan, it's been a pleasure talking to you and i i look forward to spending uh, shabbat with you tomorrow and i hope you enjoy the rest of your time in tel aviv thank you thank for you. coming on well thank you for asking me to do this this was uh, a great last minute uh, spontaneous idea super and I, last minute and thank you thank you for the opportunity thank you for being with us i appreciate it thank you Thank <laughs> you.